It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What's going on, Reds fans, and what's going on, baseball fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast, a special weekend edition coming at you. Got my weekend t-shirt on. And we're ready to talk some Reds baseball. They got a win last night. Not really going to focus too much on the details of the game because I'm going to look at this season as a whole. We're going to talk about what worked, what didn't. And I have a player evaluation that I'm going to begin with a guy that I'm seeing a lot of people pencil in to the 2022 Reds lineup. And I at least want to think about that for a minute, not necessarily come to a conclusion, but kind of want to bring some points out to talk about this specific player. That's all coming up here on today's Locked On Reds podcast. Today's Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app now and join fans just like yourself and other media personalities talking about the biggest news in sports. That's the Spotify Green Room app. They're changing the way that we talk sports. And let's talk some Reds today. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day as you get yourself some Reds talk. After you're done listening here, you can get ready for the Bengals game and go listen to Lockdown Bengals as they get you set for Bengals Steelers action coming up this Sunday. That's all on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Every single Lockdown Podcast is free for you every single day, wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. And if this is your first time finding the Lockdown Reds podcast, make sure that you are subscribed right here to the YouTube channel and that you follow me on their, on your favorite podcasting app. And that way you don't miss anything that I've got for you, because as we kind of transition into the off season, I've got lots to talk about. There's lots to cover with this team. This is a very important off season because make no mistake about it with the guys who are coming back and with the rookies who are coming up next year, who absolutely should be coming up next year. This team still has a chance to compete, but they've got some holes that the front office needs to fill. Before we talk about any of that though, I want to look back at this season and I want to kind of start by looking at the team as a whole. We're going to do lots of different player assessments and things like this, but we're going to start with this question. What has worked? Because make no mistake about it, stuff has worked. 
we're not talking about a team. I, I've seen some tweets and I've seen some comments and people saying that, oh, well, this team was always bad. This team was always going to be terrible. No, it wasn't. Stop it. What have, what have you seen out of this year's team that makes you think it is the same as the teams from 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, even 2019? Those teams had no hope. Those teams were not built to make the playoffs. This team was. And while it fell short, make no, I, I, I keep saying that. I need to stop saying that on today's show. But believe you me, when it comes to the 2021 Cincinnati Reds, there was always hope and there was always a feeling as though this team could contend. They didn't get the job done. But that doesn't mean that, that the whole season and the whole team was always going to be terrible. That's that's a silly take, and that is a very defeatist attitude, and I've seen that going around. So I want to talk to you about some things that I believe worked, <laughs> and let's, uh, let's start with the obvious. The lineup, and I'm just going to use a picture of Joey Votto, going into September. The, uh, these are some numbers here. And, and this is before the month of September. And believe me, we'll get to that here in a minute. But before the month of September, the Reds were second best in the National League in batting average. They were third best in the National League in on-base percentage. They had a 429 slugging, which was third in the National League. And they had the second most runs scored. 656 to be exact before the month of September. We, we talked a lot about the collapse of September, so I'm not going to get crazy into that, but that is why this team was where it was. And that is why at one point this team was 12 games over 500. I don't think that's a fluke. I think they hit a very bad stride at a very bad time. And they really missed Jesse Winker. It shows just how important Jesse Winker is to this team because you can honestly make an argument, and we'll make this argument in uh, episode in the future, but who is the most valuable player to this team? Well, you could talk about Nick Castellanos and the production that he's brought to the table. You can talk about this man right here, Joey Votto, and everything that he has done this year. Or you can talk about Jesse Winker and the fact that he was amazing when he was in the lineup, and when he was out of the lineup, the Reds stopped scoring as well as they were. There's lots of arguments to be had, but up until the month of September, this lineup scared everybody. It was fantastic, and we all know how much fun they were to watch. There's a reason that we said this Reds team was one of the funnest Reds teams in recent memory. Think of last year. They didn't hit the ball very well. Think in 2019, they didn't hit the ball very well, and in years past like that, sure, they scored runs, but how bad they pitched kind of added on to that. This year, they sort of had the whole package. Now, the bullpen, which we'll talk about in a minute, wasn't there, but the starting pitching has been pretty good all year, and it was complemented by this lineup, and that is something that, except for probably Nick Castellanos, is going to be largely intact next year, and we'll talk about what that looks like throughout the offseason, but when you look at this lineup and you kind of break it down, the top two hitters and let's pull up a picture here where we at. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Jonathan India a lot more here in a moment. But the top two hitters, look at this, all year long. This is even including September. Um, or no, I'm sorry. This is not including September. <laughs> anyway, got myself all tongue-tied there. The top two hitters in this lineup before the month of September 
had 362 hits. We're talking about a 291 batting average from the top two hitters. Overall, a 144 OPS plus. That is almost 50% better than the league average for the Reds' top two hitters this season. It really, and it started with me thinking, like, how good has the leadoff spot been for the Reds? Because the Reds, in probably the last decade or so, even when they were really good, had trouble finding good leadoff hitters. Jonathan India, the guy that I got pictured right here, has become that dude. You can pencil him into the leadoff spot all next year. He's been phenomenal. He's got the power. He's got the eye. I mean, you, you can see him have really good at bats. He's got speed. He had a steal last night. And, and he's just got the whole package when it comes to being a good leadoff hitter for this team. But I expanded out to the number two hitter because you're talking about a lot of that being Jesse Winker. But altogether, the guys who hit number two for the Reds this year, uh, coupled with Jonathan India. And there were a few at-bats that, and I was looking at baseball reference for this, that they took Tyler Naquin into account. They took a Eugenio Suarez into account. So, so that is even just how much Jonathan India has uh, elevated the leadoff spot, even including those guys' statistics, which Naquin actually hit pretty well out of the leadoff spot there for a little bit. But overall, the top two spots in the order set the table so well for this powerful lineup all year long. And while we got his picture up, let's just go. Another thing that w worked for this team this year were the rookies who debuted, looking mainly at Jonathan India. This dude, he's going to be the NL Rookie of the Year. If he's not... It is an absolute travesty. I'm telling you what, if the, if the baseball writers of America right now do not vote Jonathan India into the NL Rookie of the Year, we should protest. We as the city of Cincinnati should band together and figure out some way to make sure that uh, that doesn't happen because Jonathan India absolutely deserves the NL Rookie of the Year. He's been better than the competition. You can name Trevor Rogers. You can name Dylan Carlson. You can talk to me about Jazz Chisholm. You can talk to me about, I don't know. Doesn't matter. He beat him. He's better than them. He should be the NL Rookie of the Year, bar none. All of the stuff that he has done has been phenomenal. And once he got into the leadoff spot, once David Bell put more pressure on him, put more on his shoulders, Jonathan India got better. This wasn't a situation where he had a little bit of a growing pain once put into the leadoff spot. He took it and ran with it. He hit the ground running. He has been a phenomenal player for this team. One of the reasons that this team has been so successful and absolutely deserves NL Rookie of the Year, and I will accept no substitutes. The next guy that I'm looking at, and I didn't quite get a picture of him, so we'll just leave Jonathan India up there because they're buddies and they're going to be linked for a long time, is Tyler Stevenson. We need to appreciate a little bit more what he's done. He could have a bit more pop. You'd like to see him probably hit a few more home runs once he's given a lot more playing time next year. But overall, he hit 279 on this season to this point. There's still a couple games left. He could make that a little bit better. He's got an on-base of 375 and slugging 418. So you look at that and you say, boy, he's almost got an 800 OPS in his rookie year. That's in 123 games. And dude has got a great eye at the plate, great plate discipline. Talking about 91st percentile, according to Baseball Savant, in chase rate. He does not chase bad pitches. And when he does swing at pitches, he's in the 85th percentile in whiff rate. So he's not swinging and missing. Whenever he's swinging, he's done a very good job this season of establishing the fact that he knows 
the strike zone. Another guy I want to look at, Vladimir Gutierrez. Look, I know that he has kind of ran into some fatigue issues here recently, and you've seen a drop-off in his performance. This is because this is the longest season of his career. He's never pitched this much in any one season in his entire baseball career, but he has been pretty phenomenal. When you look at Vladimir Gutierrez up until the month of September, 96 innings pitch and 17 starts with a 4.03 ERA. And my favorite stat with Vladimir Gutierrez, I've, I've talked about this a lot, how well he pitches whenever runners are on base. Whenever runners were on base before the month of September, he was only allowing opponents to hit 221. Very pedestrian. He was very good at limiting the damage. And then lastly, this dude that I think has a bright future, and you saw it last night because he pitched beautifully coming in relief with Sonny Gray, and that is Tony Santiam. He came up as a starter, and when he started, you kind of saw some talent. You kind of saw some nice pitches, but you knew that there was a lot more that needed to get fixed in there because he was only a fastball slider guy. He's not a guy that's got that third pitch that he can rely on and be a successful starting pitcher. Ergo, they put him in the bullpen, and ever since they've put him in the bullpen this year, He's been phenomenal. You'd like to see a little bit bigger of a sample size. I will grant you that. But for the future, Tony Santion out of the bullpen, I'm in, man. I am totally in on this dude. 22 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's allowed five earned runs, 13 hits, and just nine walks. Dude has allowed 22 base runners in 22 and two-thirds innings pitched compared to most of the guys, which we will get to in a minute, most of the guys that have pitched out of the bullpen for the Cincinnati Reds this year. (laughs) This is so much better. We're also talking about 30, or no, we're talking about a bunch of strike, 31 strikeouts. Absolutely phenomenal. And on the year, even kind of uh, roping in his starts as well, he's got more strikeouts. I mean, I think it's 52 strikeouts, but he has 31 strikeouts just on his slider and opponents hit 200 when he throws that pitch. This was just a, this was a segment that I was so excited about. And and honestly, I've gone a little bit long with it. And we're going to talk about uh, one more thing here in just a moment when it comes to what has gone well for the Cincinnati Reds team. Before we jump into that though, I wanted to tell you about NetSuite. Because when you're talking about slow, that's that's okay if you're talking about vacation, if you're talking about a sloth, or if you're describing uh, quick books, more like slow books. It sucks you in and slows you down with manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Now is the time to make the switch to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one financial system, because NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials and inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. When we're talking about NetSuite by Oracle, you can check out this website. I'm trying to find it. If you're watching here on YouTube, I just put it down at the bottom of the screen, netsuite.com slash Locked on with NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, no matter how big your business grows. Failing to switch to NetSuite will leave you stuck trying to make sense of your books while your competitors sprint ahead. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control by switching to NetSuite. And right now, special financing is back 
NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financial program only for those ready to switch today. Go to netsuite.com slash locked on to get special financing. That's netsuite.com slash locked on. And if you're looking to transform your snack game, let me tell you about Built Bar. I've told you about Built Bar hundreds of times, thousands of times. Built Bar is the um, most amazing protein bar on the market. And I don't know why I just went Italian there. The most amazing protein bar on the market because it tastes like a candy bar. It's made with 100% real chocolate, has amazing flavors, and has MVP level statistics. We're talking about 120 to 130 calories, We're talking up to 18 grams of protein in some cases, and less than four grams of sugar and less than four grams of fat, all in these amazingly delicious bars. So phenomenal. I, I just had, they got this brand new flavor coming out, cookie dough crumble oh, or cookie dough chunk, whatever it is. It's chocolate with cookie dough chunks in it. So phenomenally tasting, and I'm telling you, it's like 140 calories. You can fit this into any diet, and you'll feel exactly like you just got that sweet fix. You've got that candy bar that you've been wanting. You can also check out my favorite flavor, Cherry Barcia. They've got coconut. They've got mint chocolate brownie. They've got raspberry. They've got all these amazing flavors at Built.com, and use that promo code LOCKED15. To say 15% off your next order, you will immediately thank me and you'll transform that snack game into just a absolute powerhouse. Talking about the Reds lineup before the month of September. Go to built.com and enter that promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. All right, real quick, we'll go back. I got to finish. I got one more thought on the uh, what went right for the Reds this season. And we got to actually got two more thoughts. Um, firstly, we'll put him back up. The power of Joey Votto, specifically focusing on Joey Votto's power, because when you break down what he has done this season, this is the most home runs he's hit since 2017. Duh. His should be, MV, his should be second MVP season, and it's his third most in his career. The only time he hit more was in 2010 when he won the MVP. Also, a stat that I love whenever you're looking at players is called isolated power. Isolated power takes a player's slugging percentage and minuses the batting average, essentially telling you the rate at which this player hits an extra base hit. His isolated power, Joey Votto's 291 in the year 2021. And guess what? When you go back through, when you look at 2010, when you look at 2017, when you look at all of the years, Years that Joey Votto was amazing. He's never had an isolated power this good. His isolated power of 291 is his career best. And we're even talking about the fact that with this added power, with this added focus on swinging for the fences and trying to go hard for Joey Votto, he's still batting 270. And he's got a career high strikeout rate of 24%. Not, not really a reason to get excited, but you're talking about a dude who. He even admitted the fact that he was so avoiding strikeouts that he would sap his own power. He's like, no, 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 no. I just wanted to make the strike zone super small so people couldn't strike me out and I can get on base. He decided to get rid of all that and swing for the fences and look what's happened. He's had an amazing year. And one more uh, thing that went right before we talk about what went wrong, Nick Castellanos, man. Nick Castellanos has had a career year for him, and I want to even focus in before he got hurt. Before Nick Castellanos had that injury and missed a month, 
he was on fire. He was an MVP candidate for sure. Before that injury, he hit 329, got on base at a 383 clip and had 582 slugging for a 162 OPS plus. Jeff, that's a lot of numbers. Yes, I know. Here's the thing. He was amazing. That's what I'm going and that's what I'm getting at here. 18 home runs and 59 RBIs before getting hurt couple of months ago it, he was just phenomenal and those are the things that were looking at castellanos before the injury joey Votto's power the rookies and the lineup that was just on fire before the month of september okay now <sighs> what didn't work this is the problem because some of the things that didn't work about this team, I think we kind of were worried about them before opening day even started. And this is why it was so frustrating to watch this team collapse in the way that it did. It's interesting because I've seen a lot of people say this has to be the worst collapse in the month of September for the Cincinnati Reds like ever. And you're probably right. But here's the thing. It's not like there's a lot to compare to. This team hasn't been relevant in September for a long time. That's not an excuse to not feel bad about this season. I still feel pretty terrible and like, gosh, what a missed opportunity. But when we're talking about the worst Reds collapse in the month of September of all time, there's not, that's like saying my worst workout of all time. I don't go to the gym very much. I know I need to go more, but I don't go to the gym very much to be like, boy, oh boy, that was a really bad workout. It's not as if we're talking about a situation where the Reds can just get excited about how many times they've been able to collapse in the month of September, because usually they're done by the month of July. Anyway, that's beside the point. I don't think they'll be that way next year anyway. What didn't work? Well, <clears throat> the bullpen obviously. And I didn't really have a good picture of the bullpen. So whatever, we'll just use a picture of the front gate. When it comes to the Reds bullpen, I don't want to go through all the numbers. There's just a couple that I think we've been uh, really hitting on all year long. Something that has just plagued the Reds bullpen. It's inherited runners. They've allowed 38% inherited runners. So basically if a Reds reliever this year came on with the bases loaded, at least one run scored period. Like they might as well just have let that guy cross home plate. That's how that worked. League average is 35%. So that's worse than league average. In fact, there's only five other teams in major league baseball that had a worse inherited runner score percentage. Also another weird thing that they did is that they were tied for second, second most losses when a starter has a quality start. So if Sonny Gray or if Luis Castillo or if Wade Miley starts the game, pitches a quality start at least six innings and at least or in three earned runs or less allowed, then the bullpen came in and blew it. Or at least the lineup didn't score enough to get him there. So, yes, I, I look mostly at the bullpen on this one because there were a lot of starts early on that you saw Luis Castillo pitch well. Or you saw Sonny Gray pitch well, or at least you know Castillo beginning of the month of June. You saw Sonny Gray, or you saw Tyler Malley, or you saw Wade Miley pitch well. The lineup scored enough, and then the bullpen just blew it. It was not good. And then, real quickly, too. I'm not going to go through all of them. But let's remember some of the people who had relief appearances for this team in the month of 2021. Looking at Josh Osich, who... Really didn't have that much major league experience coming into this season. He was given four save opportunities. He converted just one. 
You had Sean Doolittle, who for the last couple of years experienced velocity drop in his fastball and to the point where it was pedestrian. The Reds, they signed him to a deal. He was not good. In fact, given the fact that the Reds have allowed 38% inherited runners to score, he was the worst. He allowed over 60% of his inherited runners to score. You look at Cam Bedrosian, who actually pitched for a couple of different teams this year, showing that most Major League franchises agreed that he had talent, just didn't really show it all that much with the Reds because he walked everybody. So many names to mention, and there's probably going to be even more when we look at next year's roster compared to this year's roster. Maybe we'll just have a podcast where we look at uh, failed relievers of the 2021 Cincinnati Reds. Speaking of uh, guys who weren't really going to start, let's look at the bench for a minute because that's been largely horrible. Now you're going to say, but Jeff, one of your favorite players is on the bench, Max Schrock. Yes, I know. I love Max Schrock. He is amazing. I will say this, though. He has been a uh, anomaly and where everyone else is the norm. Not been all that great. And TJ Friedel, too. He's been pretty good in his tiny sample size in the major leagues. He got to score the winning run yesterday. He had a multi-hit game, multi-run scoring game, including scoring the winning run on that Aquino something or other. I think that was ruled an error by the national second baseman. But just all in all, the bench has been pretty terrible this season. Because when you look at baseball reference, when they break it down between starters and substitutes, so guys who came in in the middle of the game at some point, Reds subs have hit a buck 85. They've got on base at a 263 clip, and they've slugged 290. And they've struck out 153 times and 449 at bats for just 29 extra base hits. Make no mistake about it. Before opening day even began, we came in saying the weakness of this Reds team is the bullpen and there's no depth. It never got better. One other thing that we'll look at. Um, okay, two things that we'll look at. Number one is our man Gino, a Eugenio Suarez. Look, now I've talked about how much he has played well this month of September and he has. He's been, the, I think, the Reds' best hitter in a couple of different categories. And he had a phenomenal night last night as well. A couple of hits, a homer that gave them the lead that they would eventually squander. But good night for him. Up until the month of September, though, Eugenio Suarez, a, uh, a batting average of 169 slugged 363 and that's the thing like everybody's talking about well Gino hit so many home runs Gino hits home runs yeah but overall he slugs 363 and when a home run bumps your slugging percentage up the way that it does that shows you how bad the rest of his at-bats truly were he had a hundred this is coming into the month of September 149 strikeouts compared to 124 total times on base 73 hits, 45 walks, and he did get hit six times by a pitch. And not to mention his defense. I remember when the Reds announced that he would play shortstop. I was excited. Hand up. I thought that was a good idea. Hindsight's 2020, though, because it was not a good idea. According to Baseball Savant, he had minus 10 outs above average, where zero is replacement level. He was 10 times worse than that, minus 10 at shortstop, minus 11 overall. Defense just hasn't been a good thing for him this season. And lastly, uh, the things that didn't work. 
MLB worst in batting average. Uh, this is ever since April 23rd. So on April 22nd, the Reds swept the Marlins in a four-game series at Great American Ballpark, and they took over the second wildcard spot. We were so happy. I was so happy. We had a very happy podcast that day. Ever since then, they are the worst, not in the National League, in Major League Baseball. They have a Major League worst 224 batting average, Major League worst 96 runs scored, and a Major League worst weighted runs created plus. So a statistic that kind of all encompasses their value of hitting Major League worst of 74, where 100 is league average, 26% worse than the league average team. Just, oh, not great. Not great, Bob. Ever since the... uh, um, ever since they clinched that second wild card spot, there's been a lot of this, a lot of long looks by Reds hitters as they walk back from the batter's box to the dugout. And to be honest with you, it reminded me a lot of 2020. I hated that. I absolutely hated that. All right. Coming up here. I got some thoughts about one guy that we're talking a lot about a guy that we're kind of penciling in and just saying, yep, yeah, he's a part of next year finito period plain and simple i want to at least throw a wrench in that before we get into that though i wanted to tell you about betonline.ag you can go there and set up your profile today with the promo code locked on and get a hundred percent more on your initial deposit if you've got some sports knowledge if you like me and really all you think about is sports except sometimes i think about food and beer but other times on the sports and you want to make some money off that sports knowledge, go to betonline.ag today and use this promo code locked on to get a hundred percent more buy one, get one free, get your bankroll up in a hurry and start making some cash off your sports knowledge. You can check out the rest of the major league baseball season is not much left, but you can get money lines, run lines and over unders as well as great props. And as the field gets set for the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of interesting uh, playoff bets as well. We'll cover that uh, coming up in some future episodes. But we've also got football. We've got college football going on today, NFL going on tomorrow. All kinds of great value there. Check it out on my favorite sp- online sports book, betonline.ag, and use that promo code locked on to get 100% more on your initial deposit. Also, bring your television into uh, 2021. Bring all of your entertainment under one television screen with DirecTV Stream. Go to directtv.com right now and learn how you can get your best out of your television with DirecTV Stream. That brings all of your favorite television shows, sports, movies, everything, reality TV, whatever you want, all in one television. Stop. Stop using multiple devices today. Stop killing your bandwidth at home with your Wi-Fi and all that stuff by watching something on TV, watching something on your phone, on your tablet, all that stuff. Do it all on one television with DirecTV Stream. Go to DirecTV.com right now to learn more about DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Wrong with it. All right, so I've teased this. We're talking about a guy here that his season is over. He's officially on the IL for the rest of the year, but he is a dude that is currently being, I'm not going to say counted upon because it's not like the team has said this, but most Reds fans on social media, in the comments section, on uh, calling into shows are kind of just penciling this guy in. 
And I want to break it down for a minute because, yes, Tyler Naquin has done some good things this year. In fact, when you look at the months of April and August, so basically months that start with A, Tyler Naquin has been phenomenal. He has played 46 games in those months. He has a batting average of 333, an on base percentage of 410, and a slugging of 659. He has a 190 OPS in those two months. Absolutely destroyed the ball. 12 homers. He had 32 RBIs, and he only struck out 39, 39 times compared to 18 walks. Phenomenal months. And he did so at the best time for him, because if you think about it, in the month of April, Shogo Akiyama was hurt. And I firmly believe that this team was going to depend a lot on Shogo Akiyama at the start of this year until he got hurt and until Tyler Naquin just exploded onto the scene in the month of April. He was phenomenal. But then he chilled out a little bit, because if you look at every other month, so, all right, we're talking about 46 games. He was almost 100% better than the league average hitter. In every other game, he had an OPS plus of 81. In the eight, in the other 81 games that he played, he had a batting average of 234. He struck out 67 times and walked just 17 of them. He was a free swinger, man. And I know that they started to really platoon him because early on in the season, they kind of let him play against left-handed pitching, but he was really terrible against left-handed pitching, although that's not, you know, individualized just to him that's the whole lineup but when you look at Tyler Naquin other than the month of April and the month of August we're talking about a dude who was a below average hitter 19% below average to uh to really kind of sum it up I mean all year long when you average it all together he's a slightly above average hitter 104 OPS plus and he has a 270 batting average which you like to see that but we're not talking about a dude that, I, I mean, you're probably going to see him on the roster next year. But if the front office looks at Tyler Naquin and says, well, we've got him, we've got Naquin, we don't need to go out and get too many more outfielders, then that would be foolhardy. That would be a bad decision based on the way that he's played. And, and, and I get it. He's talented at the plate. He has shown ability to do so in a couple of months. But if he's going to be a streaky dude, kind of a poor man's Jay Bruce, if you will, I think Reds need to at least consider the possibility that they should go out and get some outfielders, especially if we're talking about the departure of one Nick Castellanos, which I think we are. He's going to use that opt-out. Makes no sense for him to not use the opt-out. And then he's going to get a lot of offers that are probably over $20 a year, maybe over $25 a year. I know that he's past 30, but he has shown that, I mean, this has been his best season of his career, so there's no reason to believe that he's going to just fall off a cliff and be bad. He's going to get some good offers. So if the Reds don't match that, and if they look at their outfield and they say, well, look, I mean, we got Jesse Winker, and we got Tyler Naquin, and we got Delano to Shields, and maybe Nick Senzel still likes us, and who knows, Shogo might figure out how to hit a home run next year. That would be silly. Don't do that. And, and you know what? TJ Friedel probably does factor into this equation somewhat, but I'm not going to base a starting position on this roster off of a couple of games in September, although I'd like to see him get a shot. 
And maybe Max Schrock can grow into a corner outfield spot, but I don't want to hand an everyday position in the outfield to Max Schrock based on the fact that the front office just doesn't do anything. They cannot sit on their hands when they're looking at this outfield. And for everybody that's looking at Tyler Naquin and automatically penciling him in as an everyday starter, I just caution you. He's been very, very streaky. And for the majority of the season, he's only been okay, if not less than okay. And you can also factor in his defense as well. He's not amazing and he's not terrible, but he's probably below average. All total, he has negative five outs above average. He has minus two in left field and in center field, and then minus one in right field. So according to StatCast, there's betters out there. Just saying. It's worth considering. I'm not saying that I'm off the Tyler Naquin train right now. Naquin train. It's not bad. But I am saying that I want the Reds to keep an open mind. There's a lot of positions that are not penciled in, are not, uh, should not be like set in stone. And Tyler Naquin should not be one of those guys that is just like, yep, we're handing him the farm. He should play every day. That's fine. They should really, really consider this. All right. It's a weekend edition, so I've gotten a little bit long. I appreciate you guys watching and listening. Thank you so much. If this is your first time, like I mentioned, thank you for making Lockdown Reds your first listen each and every day. Also, check out the Lockdown Bengals podcast as they get you set for the Bengals-Steelers matchup this Sunday. You can also check out Lockdown MLB as Sully has the entire league covered and everything, all the shenanigans of the AL wildcard race where we thought the NL wildcard race was going to be a lot of fun. Now it's not the AL wildcard race is, and he's got that covered each and every day on locked on MLB. So go check that out. Make sure that you're subscribed right here to the YouTube channel, that you're following me on your favorite podcasting app. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow the show at locked on reds, but that'll do it for us here today. Thank you so much for watching and listening coming up next week. We've got some more evals going on. A couple of guys who are out for the year. I want to look at guys who are going to be here next year. Guys who the reds can count on in 2020. We're going to break that down next week here on the lockdown reds podcast, but that'll do it for us. Hope you guys have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.